In this week's episode of Moms and Martinis. There are some triggers mm-hmm. that I have, and I, I need you to be patient enough for me to say, okay, babe, you know, we'll talk about this, but you also got to give me that act right. I mean, you got to. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you got to give me that act right. You got to be like, okay, honey, come in, let me. But, but that's a, that's a definite. <laughs> oh. oh my god! I swear that's gonna be the hash. That may, that may even be the name of the. <laughs> that act right, honey. Give me that <laughs> act right, okay? Get it together. Sometimes, because sometimes I get a little, I get a little out with it. You know, my sarcasm tends to precede me. I'm gonna need you to pull it back in. Give you that act right, and you have to. I have to keep you accountable as well, and you have to be able to yeah. see that accountability because it's coming from a loving place i'm not a a vengeful or hateful type Welcome back to another episode of Moms and Martinis, where we create a safe space for tough conversation. The place you come to tell your dirty truth without the fear of judgment, humiliation, or shame. But before we get started, friends, let's make a drink. Here are all of the ingredients that you will need to make the perfect martini. Take one part laughter, two parts friendship, a double dose of love, sprinkle in some transparency, and add a lot of courage. Shake all of your ingredients together and pour them into a safe space. Now don't forget to squeeze in a hug and a smile for presentation. And that, my friend, is the perfect martini. Cheers. I'm your host, the creator, and the mom, Kira. Friend, let the healing begin. Hey, y'all. Hey. Hey, friends. How are you all doing? Happy, happy Monday, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Martini Monday. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Let me tell you, as per usual, life has been on my neck (laughs) and giving me the ring around. But you know what? I am fine. I am fine. I am so proud of myself of how I have been handling things, showing up, being present, and most importantly, minding my business. So as usual, I'm going to ask you, friend, have y'all been minding your business? Have you been meditating? Have you been getting your mind together? Have you been practicing self-care? And when I mean by self-care is have you been drinking your water? Have you been moisturizing? Have you been minding your business? Friend, are you minding the business of your loved ones? 
Are you supporting them? Are you embracing them with love? Are you responding appropriately to them? Are you being warm and friendly to the folk? <laughs> yes, I said the folk. How y'all out here treating people? That's a part of minding your business. Ooh, woo, woo, woo. I ain't here to point no fingers, but maybe I am pointing them at you because that's what we do. We hold each other accountable. Remember, I told you this season of Moms and Martinis, we are going to teach you how to mind your business. Okay. And a part of that is being accountable. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for holding me accountable. I see y'all in my DMs all the time getting me together, but that is okay. That's what I need because I am going to snatch you and get you together when you come out of line. Okay, friend. Okay, then. All right. In everything. <laughs> okay. So y'all know my 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 favorite thing is creating safe space for tough conversations. And this week, baby, baby, we we about to talk about it. Okay. We about to get into it. We're gonna talk about it. And this week's topic is something that is sensitive. I always tell y'all moms and martinis We say moms but that don't mean your children Supposed to be listening because we trying to get the moms together So that we can get the kids together okay So um, I tell y'all This all the time stop listening to this With them children around because we got stuff to Talk about Um, but hopefully The goal of this conversation is To maybe promote Some healing that will help You to become a better parent And also Maybe something that you can help your Children with okay So today's tough conversation, uh, we want to talk about life after sexual trauma. Okay, so for those of you that have been following me for a while, and for those of you that are new to Maza Martinez, hey, friend, hey. (laughs) But something I always talk about is my history of abuse. Mainly, I talk about the... um, physical abuse um I did an episode um was it season two with my two friends and we talked about domestic violence and one of them alluded to the sexual trauma or sexual assault so it's something that's near and dear to my heart so something I'm revealing right to you all in this moment is I was also um I am someone that has experienced childhood sexual abuse and I still interact with my abuser. Right. So there are so many layers to it that in the spirit of transparency, I have not taken the time and the opportunity to really unpack fully. Um, And it's something that I'm still working through and I see it manifest itself in different ways. Um, But I do remember and recalling in my situation that when I had the courage to speak up and say something to my family and and my father, the way that my father handled things was, (laughs) I don't know. He he did what dads do, right? He he was like, well, we're going to call the law, you know? I'm just like, look, what about me? Um, but fast forward, I experienced something very similar with my daughter who was a victim of sexual assault. And even though I went through the steps looking at it and we haven't even really fully talked about it. I tried to, con- well, not try to, I spoke with her last night, but she just, she was just like, oh, it's fine. You can talk about it. But 
I even want to peel back the layers with her because I don't think that I showed up the way that I needed to in that situation for her. Um, And it's something that still impacts the dynamic of our family. And for those of you who do not know, I have three daughters and a son. And I don't know, it is, it's, it is, it's tough. It's tough because I don't know what to do. I, 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 I'm, I'm a little bit clueless. I'm doing what I think is right. But I also recognize that there's a huge area of opportunity. So y'all know what I like to do when I'm going through the woes of life and have no clue what to do. I call in reinforcement and my reinforcements are my friends. My friends keep me together. They keep me honest. They (laughs) snatch my edges and pull me together. I mean, that's what friends are for. So my friend this week at the table, honey, this my good, 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 good girlfriend. We go way back over twenty years, back to high school. Oh my god, I feel old now. I feel young, but I feel old now. So going back to high school, where. We were in the gospel choir together, uh, where we were cheerleaders and everything, because we was out there fine and kicking our legs and everything like that. Or whatever. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> and, you know, still getting in our books, you know what I'm saying? We mm-hmm. was doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but someone who has always been supportive, funny as hell. <laughs> <laughs> And it has never been one to um, compromise who she is in any given situation. All of my memories of engaging with you have been very, very positive, um, even in times in high school. Because I think back now to the things that we had to endure in high school, like... We was dealing with grown folks' issues. Yes, we were. So, um, but I, I do remember you always showing up with poise and grace and really with that attitude like, uh, what we're not going to do is, and I uh-huh. loved it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so thank you, um, too, because you have been supporting the podcast with moms and martinis and me advertising and everything. And then you reached out and he was like, I want to be on the show. I'm like, well, what you want to talk about? And you began to bring things. I was like, girl, <laughs> girl, a lot done changed since the high school days. <laughs> I got blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, okay, okay. Boom. So when you said just healing um, and intimacy and sex after, you know, with a person that has experienced sexual trauma, I was like, that's it. That's something that we don't have a lot of conversations about. Um, and it impacts so many dynamics. And I think a lot of women can heal from it. And the men that listen and support me, you all know how best to handle the situation. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I know you're like, well, what's her name? What her name <laughs> is? Her name is Katrina. Hey. Hey, friend. Hey, how you doing? Hey, friend. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and hello, friends. Hello. I am Katrina. Um, I don't really have that many credentials behind my name other than life itself and loving the Lord with their end. <laughs> but um, I do feel as though I have a story to tell. And this is my step one. Thank you for allowing yourself to be my step one, Kira. Okay. Um, when, when I had the opportunity to ask you, I jumped on it because, you know, it's just time for us as women to come together and start healing one another. Um, be it with our stories, be it with our snatchbacks. You know, we have to 
come together as women, especially in this day, day and age where, you know, we're being targeted. Um, we have to come together and say, you know, sister, well, I've been through that. You know, sister, not meaning just color, but, you know, sister just mean a human being with the same gender I have. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm here to help you be with my story or anything. So today is my step one and we're going to see where it goes from there. Hon. Yes, yes, yes. Amazing. Always articulate um, in the way that you present things and thoughts. And I can just feel it in my shanana right now. <laughs> you better preach. Hey, you better do it. It's about to come. This is going to be good. Okay. <laughs> so y'all friends that's listening, go ahead and pour your drink and pull up because yes. we're about to get into it and we're about to address some traumas. We're about to release ourselves from the fear. We're about to release ourselves from the shame. We're going to yes. release ourselves from any of this and we are going to walk in our healing. That is my favorite place that's to it. be in that's the it. space of healing, that uncomfortable place where you are purging and letting things go that's the sweet spot that's it all right so let's uh before we get started i I want to uh talk about exactly what sexual trauma is and then from there today just really um talking about how those things impact the relationships and, and, and parenting because Again, this is something I'm still working through and, and wanting to, to figure out the best way of how to handle it. So you all know I am Research Bay, so I'm always on the Internet. Mm-hmm. I went to Google University, the international campus. I have a doctor. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. So I was on the Googles and everything. And here's some information that I found. It says, according to the National Sexual Violence and Resource Center, one in three women and one in six men have experienced some form of contact sexual violence in their lifetime in the U.S. 81% of women and 35% of men report significant short or long-term impacts, such as post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD. So according to the Sexual Trauma and Abuse Center, sexual trauma is any sexual act that is imposed on another person without consent. And we hear that word consent a lot. Mm -hmm. So some examples of sexual trauma and abuse. So sexual assault, rape, sexual abuse, stalking, sexual harassment, childhood sexual abuse, incest, sex trafficking, online sexual harassment, sexual violence and relationships. So these are all examples and there are more of what sexual trauma and abuse looks like. And typically with the victims of sexual trauma, they may have trouble recalling specific details about their experience. Mm-hmm. And I know that's something that I deal with. Like I know it happened, but I, I don't, I can't give you the details, yeah. but I can vividly remember the feeling associated with the experience. And that causes a lot of people to question the validity of it. But because of the inability to remember is, you know, people doubting that the abuse even happened or a lack of reason to even seek help because you're questioning whether or not did this happen. Um, and then, as I mentioned, it's usually centered around feelings of shame or denial. And then the other thing, too, is sometimes it's just the lack of access to resources due to the unprocessed um, trauma. The last thing here that I found was victims of sexual abuse sometimes believe that they caused that abuse and it triggers unhealthy thought patterns. 
They believe that they influence the perpetrator to take advantage of them. Often a perpetrator can successfully manipulate a victim's mind to believe that it is his or her fault. And victims of sexual abuse usually have a heightened sense of awareness because their trust was violated and they may view others negatively and assume everyone has evil intentions. It causes paranoia, false accusations and victims of unprocessed sexual trauma may exhibit a chronic sense of hyper villages. I didn't say it right. No, I ain't said it right. <laughs> Girl, we be on edge. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So without uh, further ado, I just want to get into the topic um, of it. And by no means am I asking you to go like into the details of it mm-hmm. um, and whatever you choose to share. That's her business. Then we start this off by saying mind, mind your business. Your okay. Business, <laughs> mind the business that pays you. That's that part. Okay. <laughs> um, so we're going to share however we feel safe to share. Um, and for those of you that have experienced this and I'm sure that you recognize the importance of that. Um, but as I was doing my research, when it talked about sexual traumas, it says some psychological impacts of it um, could be whether you're pushing away a significant others, or you're feeling like your body isn't yours, or you have distorted views of people that are like overly sexualized content, whether it's a movie, you know, social media, whatever it is. And then sometimes you're always rehearsing the abuse um, when you're in intimate situations where it can cause anxiety. Mm-hmm. Are any of those things, do they resonate with you uh, based on your history? Most definitely. Most definitely. Everybody has triggers and I, I have not quite a few from that particular scenario. And I'm thinking of one in particular. Um, I, I do get triggers in relationships where I'll just ghost them. Mm. And, you know, they're like, you know, where you go? Why, why don't you talk? I, I, I can't deal with you right now because that triggered me. I've also shut down and now I'm pushing you away because my, my whole thing is to, and I'm working on this, working on myself. Um, my whole thing is to protect me. Mm-hmm. And, and even though, you know, back then when it happened, you know, I, could, I didn't feel like I could protect myself. Um, Right now, emotionally, I fight with, you know, well, you don't have to protect yourself that much Mm -hmm. to the point where you push people away and they don't even know what was said or what face they gave or how he smelt when he passed by me. I, I, that's it. Mm -hmm. And it's a cutoff. So um, I'm working on that particular point of it. So yeah, there is, there, there, there is. Yeah. So you, you mentioned something critical, which was protect me. So do you find yourself like building these emotional walls, just in any type of intimate relationship, um, whether that be with someone that's seeking to be in a romantic relationship with you or your children, your family, your colleagues, like, yeah. How does it show up for you? Honey, I have a brick wall with pit bulls and bull masters <laughs> out in front of it with an army of gun fighting folk. I, I, I'm, I'm already, my personality is already overprotective. Mm-hmm. My personality is always keep those who are close to me protected. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with my daughters, you know, I have three teenage girls. So Lord help me, Jesus, give me a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk. <laughs> Lord have mercy. But 
um, my, my first instinct with them is protection. So that already being a part of who I am um, is heightened mm-hmm. because now I'm not only protecting them from things that I can see, I'm, I'm trying to protect them from things I can't see. Mm-hmm. But see, I'm not God. So I can't do all that. So I'm running ragged around here. You know, they want to catch the bus to go to the corner store. I'm like, uh-uh, no. Because um, I saw that little raggedy little boy on there. And he <laughs> looked like his fingernails is dirty mm-hmm. and he got bad acne and I don't want him coming nowhere near you. And it's just like, no, that's not big a deal, Ma. I can catch the bus. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, my thing is, you know, I protect, protect, overprotect. Yeah. And, you know, that's the same thing with myself. I'm newly divorced. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm newly divorced and, you know, dealing with dating and these mofos coming over here trying to holler. Mm-hmm. Granted, you know, good black don't crack unless you smoke it. So I'm looking good. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I don't look my age, honey. So I got youngins coming at me and, you know, it's just like, okay, back up. I already smell you from a distance. Back mm-hmm. up. And I don't necessarily have to be that way, yeah. you know, so. You know, it gives me the resting bitch face. Mm-hmm. You know, that's already a deterrent. So, yeah, you know, one of those areas too. And I realized that it came all, it comes all the way back to, I was molested at three. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can remember the entire day, like the back of my hand, mm-hmm. you know, but from that day, from that changing, that from that taking of my innocence, you know, I started to see the world totally different. Right. And then in a sense, it made me not promiscuous, I would say, but sexually aware mm-hmm. at the age of three I'm sexually aware and you know those are doors that should not be open to a child that age so mm-hmm. you know I'm seeing almost everything in a sexual way at the age of three and coming up in high school you know we went to a small school yeah so you know you know we everybody and you go to you hang out with people out of, out of school and you know saying so we live in the same neighborhood I'm starting to date guys and you know, come on now. I still have a lot of things that I needed to deal with before high school. So, you know, all of that encompassed together, you know, created a monster. Yeah. Yeah. You said a lot of things that resonate so heavily with me. I know, especially with the overprotection and with my oldest daughter, I know I bunkered down on her so hard. And one time we were talking, she was just like, you just trying to protect me from everything. She said, meanwhile, I'm trying to look over your shoulder. Like, well, what is it? What's over there? So when she started to, you know, she had these things occur to her. I just felt like, yeah. I feel, you know, and yeah. I had to work through my own feelings of saying, like, this ain't even about you, sis. You know what I mean? I'm like, I messed up as a parent. Yeah. And now she's experienced this. And how do I take it back? Who do I punish? And I'm, I just didn't know what to do. And, you know, um, I had to rally in the village. Right. Yeah. So literally I had, I had group me at the time on my phone and I named the group, the village. And I sent a message like all hands on deck, like, and we met at church one day and it was people from the school, her godmother, the group, the, um, the youth group, girl scouts, like my friends, like everybody. I'm like, I need support. Cause I don't know what I'm doing. She needs support. What do we do? And everybody's like piecing together information to try to like figure it out. But I felt like I have failed, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And I felt like no matter 
what I, I can do because I was because my assault or, or childhood abuse came from family members. I already knew like the yeah. person who did it. He come around. I'm like, uh, uh-uh. like tell my kids, change your clothes. What you want? No, you can't spend the night. Uh, uh-uh. uh, like, you know what I'm saying? So, but it, I, I wasn't really preparing myself for outside. Of course I wanted them to be, you know, aware because I initially grew up in Atlanta in the city. And by mm-hmm. the time I moved to Maryland, that was suburbs to me. Like mm-hmm. I grew up more so like what people say DC. Yeah. So, I was catching buses and stuff like that. So I'm working so hard to try to provide this life for my children that was going to somehow protect them from it all with everything, all my energies that I was trying to protect them from all of it happened. Like (laughs) all of it happened. I'm like, what in the world? Yeah. Yeah. And they say that the road that you take to avoid life's problems is the road that you take to go right into them. Yeah. Because that's the energy. Mm -hmm. We're we're all, as parents, we're all guilty of the same thing. And, it's, and, and you said something that really struck me because um, you, you find it ironic that you, you believe that you failed, but you did the first thing that you're supposed to do is call your village. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're, you're supposed to call on Jesus and you're supposed to call on, you know, friends and family because that's what they're there for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that our society as a whole has kind of steered away of that. Um, because you know what stays in the house, what, what happens here stays here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can't heal if you leave yourself closed off, Mm-mm. you know, you can't, you can't move forward with keeping everything bottled up mm-hmm. and, you know, no one wants to anybody else to know their business. So we don't have, you know, people in our lives to deposit into the next generation in ways that they would receive it. Mm-hmm. Because I've told my kids things in their face and they have gone to my sister and she said the exact same thing and they listened. Yeah. You know, and I think that, you know, as human beings, as human beings, we're des- we're, we design ourselves just to automatically not listen to our parents. Mm-hmm. So when we have other people in our corner that's willing to come in and make those deposits, you know, you did the right thing. Yeah, I don't think that failing as a parent, um, I don't think if you're providing a home for your children, you're loving your children, you're feeding them spiritually, you're feeding them emotionally, you're validating them. Mm-hmm. You win. Yeah. Because God gives the increase based on what seeds we plant. You've planted those seeds. Yeah. So, you know, there's no way as a mom you can fail in Christ. No, that doesn't work like that. Yeah. Um, you know, you calling in the village is something also that I have to continuously make myself do. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up in a prideful house home. My mom was like, you know, you don't ask nobody for nothing. You do it. You do it. And I found myself doing, 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 doing. And that receiving, 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 receiving. That doesn't help when I'm out here doing. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I grew up in a household where we didn't ask people for help. So when I'm having my own our household, you know, my girls are like, well, can uh, I talk to so-and-so about this? No, you can't talk to them. Talk to me. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> what, but why? No, you can't talk to them. Talk to me. Because yeah. you only need to tell me. You know, and a lot of times it's just like. Why do you have people in your life if you're not going to deposit them into your children's lives or, Mm -hmm. you know, receive any information? You have to open yourself up. And that goes back to protecting. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we do it to a detriment. Yes, (laughs) of course. Be doing too much, doing too much. So with your um, history and your need to, like, protect your kids, have you ever, like, broken it down to them as to why you respond the way that you respond? 
Definitely. Um, me and my daughters have a very open relationship. We can sit down and talk about just about anything. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had conversations with them telling them, you know, this is what I've dealt with. This is what I've been through. And for me, the only way that I can feel as though that I'm ensuring that you don't go through it is to put to put bull out. So, you know, I'm protecting my family. You know, I'm, I'm paying attention to everything you do. Who is this girl you hanging out with? Well, who are her, who is her parents? Well, if she coming over here, I need to see her mother. I need to speak to her mother. Well, you know, why do you have to do all of that? Because you still, I've got to protect y'all. Mm-hmm. I don't want this girl coming over here sowing discord in a house that I have built under Christ. No. Mm-hmm. So let me meet them and we'll get it together. I have met some of their friends and told them, I don't like her. She can't come. Mm-hmm. Well, why? Because I don't like her. I don't like what she came from and I don't want it rubbing off on you. Us as parents, I feel like us as parents have to protect every asset of our children possible. Yeah. So with that, I agree with you in a lot of what you're saying. And even now with me parenting, still trying to find balance with it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think I can, I could just talk for me. I think sometimes my traumas and fears, I transfer them knowingly and sometimes unknowingly to my children. And I've found that I've handicapped them in making sound decisions for themselves Mm. Um, because it's like, I know better. I know best. But it's like I have to ask myself, are you coming from a wound or from a scar? Like, how are you parenting this thing? Is this from some stuff that you haven't dealt with? Or are you, you know, you're dealing with this from a a place of victory, a place Mm. that you're a survivor and not a victim. And when I began to do that a little bit more, the way that I parent is a little bit different. Now, I'm still, I tell people I'm an old school parent with a new school twist, but I'm old school. You know what I mean? Like all day, every day I'm old school. But, um. One of the things that I I talk to my kids a a lot about is like their moral compass. Like Mm -hmm. this is inside of you and it's going to direct you throughout your life to make decisions. And I try to move them away from, you know, the idea of something being good or bad, but more so of, you know, good, better, best. You know, so what what is going to be good in this situation? What could you do better? What's going to be best throughout it instead of them kind of putting themselves in the box? Well, if I do this, I'm bad, Mm. (laughs) you know, and if I do this, I'm good. Because, you know, for me, what I found is that I'm setting them up to for failure. I don't know. It's hard. Parenting is hard. (laughs) It's hard. I'm ready for this. I don't know who told them. That I was ready to be an adult. I disagree. I want to go back to high school. I, I had so much fun. Practice, <laughs> and I want to go back to have my little boyfriend and only going but so far. And, and yes. I'm, I'm, I want to go back. But mm-hmm. it, it is a difficult, it is very difficult to parent. Um, you know, I have the, the, the same conversations with my three daughters all the time and, you know, telling them all kinds of stuff. Now, I'm a parent that believes that the more information I give them, is the best armor that they can have mm-hmm. and you know I give them information based on things that I've been through and I've caused I've turned myself over to really to believe that you know a lot of the things that I did try to instill in them that they just were not receptive to was coming from my my wound mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my daughters have a very, they are just like their mother. I can't deny any of that. <laughs> All three of them are exactly like me. So God said, I'm going to give you you and teach you from it. But, um, Here's but the reason oldest, we be drinking. Honey, Lord have mercy. Smoke a blunt or something. So, my, my oldest daughter, you know, she, she charges me a lot. You know, she just turned 17 and she's always been mature beyond her years. And, you know, recently with different health issues that I've gone through, um, you know, I had, to, I went through a, a really bad depression recently, mm-hmm. crying and everything. And as me coming out of it, um, I asked her, I said, sweetheart, you know, you've been stepping up in a whole lot of ways and, you know, I'm proud of you. And I think that you're doing a good job. And I said, well, why did you start to do that anyway? And she said, because you're not here mm. mentally. You're not here. You're somewhere else and you're not stepping up. So I have to. Mm. And as a mom, you know, that breaks your heart. Yeah. But, you know, God told me, learn from it. Yeah. You know, it's nothing wrong with being sad, but, you know, and you can't force yourself out of a depressive state. You can't. But when I tell you, little mama snatched my edges <laughs> all the way back. I mean, really. But, you know, it kind of told me, you know, you've prepared them for life outside of this household. Mm-hmm. But now they're preparing you to get up and get yourself together so you can experience life outside this household. Yeah. And when I say, honey, I stood up and was like, okay, we we all stepping up today. <laughs> um, we're going to get this, this. I mean, we started writing lists. I said, if we got to run my household like a business, we will. Mm-hmm. Because... Uh, mama don't play that. I'm I'm not that type of mom. I, yeah. We got to get this thing together. Hold me accountable because I have to hold you accountable. Yeah. Yeah. That's something okay. I do believe in. Everybody has a role to play mm-hmm. and it doesn't necessarily mean that we are um, maturing our kids uh, right. past that. But I think it, it, it shows them responsibility in ways and for them to learn how to care and think for things and others outside of themselves, which is critical um, and oftentimes, you know, people be grown, uh, grown children, a.k.a. adults um, <laughs> that don't even know how to do that. Um, so, look, 17. <laughs> mm. I have a 15 year old and a 20 year old. And um, I know that oldest one at 17. Baby. Oh, <laughs> When I tell you, sometimes I'd be like, girl, I'm going to choke you in front of police. I swear for the Lord. And dad them to that, say something. Dad them too. Okay. And she got that little twirl on her neck sometimes. I'd be like, girl, I'm about to go to jail. She get it from her mama. <laughs> okay. Okay. And that's what my mom says all the time, honey. That's all you. And I'm glad he gave you three of you. <laughs> so is she dating? Do you allow her to date or talk to boys or anything like that? Yes. Um, I have to trust that the things that I've told her if are, you know, something that she's living by. And thank you, Lord, she is. Um, her age of dating was 16 last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, for her birthday, I took her and her little boyfriend, Lord, <laughs> out to the mall. And, you know, I had to realize that I had to set up boundaries and rules for myself while her being on the date. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to set, OK, when we on our way there, homeboy sits up front with me. Because I'm going to watch his hands. And if they go where I don't want them to go, they're not going to make it to the mall with us. So he sat upset with me, up front with me. And, 
you know, trying to butter me up. Hey, mom, boy, bye. <laughs> Sit down, put your seatbelt on, let's go. So, you know, I had to realize that I had to set up a boundary whereas I'm not going to follow them around the mall. Let them walk this mall. I'm going to meet y'all in the food court. And when you guys are ready to go, let me know and I'll take you home. Yeah. Yeah. I had, And that was hard enough for me because, you know, being married to an ex-married, thank you, Lord, the husband, um, he taught me that. He taught me, give her a little bit of space because if you keep her too close, when when you're no longer here, she's not going to know what to do. Yeah. You have to teach her. So, you know, I give him that credit, but, you know, I had to let her go a little bit. And us as parents, we have to, especially our our culture as parents, you know, yeah. we latch on. That's my baby. You my child. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, let her be God's child. Yeah. Let, let them move forward. Yeah. So, and so look, um, you mentioned like your sexual trauma happening at three and how that made you like super aware of these sexual intentions very mm-hmm. early on. So it's like a two parter because I'm curious about um, once that I, I don't know if your parents were made aware of it, but did they come back and have conversations about um, sex with you? Um, so that you know, because I, now I'm curious because it happened to me. I talk to my kids about sex all the time. So I'm like, oh, yeah. am I doing too much? Because I'm like, well, what is it? And they be like, it's a ding dong. I'm like, no, it's not say the word. It's, <laughs> it's a penis. It's a <laughs> vagina because I'm like, I'm so paranoid because yeah. if something happened and we got to report it, I don't want you saying, no, I need you to say yeah. it was a, he touched my breast. You know, yes. you know, yes. it touched my opinion. So I'm like, am I doing too much? And I'm like, do you like people? Are you touching? I'm like, how do you feel? And I'm like, girl, calm down. They nine. You know what I mean? <laughs> so <laughs> I know you, but the kids know, like children know, and it uh, it sucks when the innocence is taken away. So I'm wondering if your parents talk to you about it. And now you have a 17 year old, like you say, you already hyper, um, was a hyper village village. I can't say the word you on edge right behind it and trying to, you know, protect the kids. So like, how did that, how does that play out? Did, how did it play out for you and how are you seeing it play out now with your daughter? Well, um, ironically enough, my, I never told my, my family ever. <gasps> so me saying it now, is kind of like the stepping stone for me to go talk to them before this airs. Yes. <laughs> That's a good idea. But, um, I have. I think I, it's time for me to do that. But yeah. um, I wanted it to be different because my mom and dad never really spoke to me about sex. You know, I learned it from school. And, you know, it's crazy how things connect because just now it just connected with me. Before I even had my first sexual experience, I researched it. Mm-hmm. And I read up on venereal diseases that condoms do not protect you from. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did the full research before I even lost my virginity. And I think that goes back to the point that I've learned it in school. I didn't learn it at home. I had to go to school to learn about it. So I saw it as a subject. Mm-hmm. And um, with my oldest, well, all three of my daughters, they always tell me I'm oversharing anyway, because, you know, I've always <laughs> been a person. I'm an open book. So, girl, yeah. this is what happens. <laughs> and then and they're like, no, please stop, mother, please. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'm always giving them the straightforward. This is what might happen. This is what might not happen. Um, you know, you make your choice based on the education that I give you mm-hmm. um, and based on, you know, how you were raised and your belief system. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I, we, I'm always Christian. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm always going to be a believer, baby. And, you know, my kids are, and I thank God for that. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we actually just had a conversation before I uh, signed on about um, the Bible and how God sees certain things. And, mm-hmm. you know, my daughter told me, I, I wouldn't mind if, you know, the person I end up with does not believe in Jesus. And I said, okay, well, let's, let's get further into the Bible with this. But, you know, I say all that to say, they don't have a problem with asking me questions um, and going back to the Bible mm-hmm. and, you know, going back to what they believe and then challenging the question, the answers that I give them, Yeah, um, which I appreciate because it can be a full conversation and it's not just me barking out orders and you mm-hmm. can actually tell me how you feel about that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I definitely wanted it to be a different uh, conversation with my daughters than it was with my school teacher and myself. You know, because I didn't have my mom to tell me. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. I wanted that warmth. I wanted them to know that, you know, I'm a mother who is going to be here regardless. Yeah. And I'm going to give you as much information with as as much love as possible. Yeah. Yeah. That goes back to what I was mentioning about that moral compass and then teaching our children to think. Instead of us always just telling them everything. And I did that for a very long time, just telling them like, no, you don't want to do it. And I'm it's for me, it was coming from pain. It was coming from hurt. It was coming from the shame of living this life. And even more more recently, I went home um, for a weekend. And even like my sisters was throwing jabs based on my past. Like it wasn't. You're adding shame to situations where it should have been embraced with love. Mm, You know mm -hmm, what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's like, whatever. (laughs) Like, I'm totally grown past that now. But that was a point in time that that would have um, really impacted me in in a much negative way. But that's that's the thing that I try to avoid doing with parenting. And sometimes I mess it up. Like, sometimes I just tell I was like, look, y'all just got to catch this therapy fun because your mama ain't got it <laughs> like sorry like I just I don't know hmm. I don't know what to do yeah, yeah. I mean I've definitely had those conversations yeah. like, look baby I ain't got no holler for you I don't Nothing. know what to tell you I this tell my truth all the time I was like people have college funds no we got therapy funds around here cause right. you gonna need it cause I know who your mama is <laughs> Because I know your mama and I know she crazy. So. I know your mama, so you're going to need this therapy. <laughs> here, here you go, baby. I don't know what else to say. You're just going to take that little bit of cash. There you go. <laughs> and, and tip your therapist, okay? There you go, because you're going to need it. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back from the break, I want to talk about, you said you are newly divorced. And <laughs> like you, I feel like my divorce was the best thing that ever happened to me. So something Definitely. that was meant to break me actually broke me open and activated Mm. me to be the woman that I am so I'm so thankful for that experience um so we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk about just moving on creating new intimacies you know trying to date and get us a new boo honey because we on hashtag operation stepdad y'all can slide in the dms okay (laughs) (laughs) all right so let's go like what you hear so far make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now this podcast is made possible by listeners like you thank you for your support now back to the show all right so 
you're dating and a part of dating of course comes with some some intimacy not right away because you know we got to vet out the men mm-hmm. or vet out the boys and the men we got to figure that out yes, Lord. but as you're beginning to get closer to the guy at what do you talk about what happened to you and how it could potentially impact the way that the conversations or your physical connection is with the guy or is it just like something that comes up sporadically um, I believe in, um, mod- not modesty, I would say moderation. Mm-hmm. I do believe in some sort of modesty, people. Please don't think that I'm out here <laughs> busting it wide open. Busting it, bust it open and <laughs> not saying you're bringing it back. <laughs> but I do believe uh, in moderation. You know, you, 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 you say little things here and there to lead up to it. So he'll have it in the back of his head. Okay, this is a conversation that we need to have later on. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe that, you know, if you feed information to your companion in a moderate way, it it will make it a softer blow Mm -hmm. Um, because of the stuff that I've been through. Mm -hmm. I need to, I need to, you know, feed this to you. I can't just say, oh, but this doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. That's going to make you go away. That's going to make you run. You're going to say, oh, she damaged. So I gotta, I gotta, I gotta feed it to you. And I think that's the best way to do it as possible. Yeah. So I hate when people say it's like, oh, you damaged. Uh, we all are. I mean, what do oh, you want? I think we call that human. Okay. <laughs> I used to go as far as say your mama damaged. <laughs> right. <laughs> go tell her about it. Okay. But it's like, I know we all have gone through things. I know for me, um, if I feel as though I'm getting in a serious committed relationship, then I talk a little bit more about it. Um, and letting them know, especially if I'm triggered by something. And that's something that I have not, um, know how to do. It's something that I've, I've learned to do. So if someone says something or does something, I'll say, you know, when you did this or when you said this, this is what I felt. And I felt this way because, or, you know, this is why I'm responding to you in this way, because I don't. And I don't like it because of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, I also try to, if I know, I'll make a recommendation, right? Saying, you know, it instead of saying this, could you say this? Or instead of doing this, do this. Or sometimes I say, that triggered me really bad. Mm-hmm. It took me to a bad place. It makes me, you know, it reminds me of my abuse. I don't like it. I can't tell you right now what to do or how to make it better, but just know it didn't sit right. So at this point, if you continue to do it, oh, you out of there. You know what I mean? Because I told you, if you triggering me. You only and got one try. You give them one time. I be trying. If I really, really like you, I give you some chances. But if I don't like you, I'd be like, ugh, bye. Well, I think it may, I think it may uh, depend on, <laughs> if I really don't like you, bye. But I really think it may depend on what actually is being triggered for mm-hmm. me. Um, because, you know, my, it's in layers. I think mm-hmm. that if it's not that big of an issue and I could talk to you about it and you'll probably change it, yes. But if it's a big trigger and, you know, you just did it and made that look at me and I'm like, nah, man, mm-hmm. let me get on because I see it already. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer that, you know, spirits are on people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I see that spirit, I'm gone. Man, I'm what? <laughs> You're not going to jump on me out here being dropped dead, Fred. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
That is so true. That is so true. I I remember that from my last relationship. Oh, my God. He was triggering me so bad and took me back back to feelings that I had like 20 years ago. Oh, no. And I was so digmatized, one. Let's call a spade a spade. Okay, let's be honest. Uh, Two, (laughs) because he... I was uh, romanticizing like the idea of him and thought that I was going to somehow love him into being what I needed him to be. Right. And believe in him so much and support him and big him up. And, you know, Mm -hmm. literally the lie I would tell myself is like, this is how you build a man. Like it's the build a bear Mm -hmm. workshop. Like you're going to build him by supporting him, being there for him. And just Mm -hmm. all these stuff, these lies I was telling myself when he was a no good, you know, anyway. Um, and then I remember he would do things and trigger me. And when I would talk to my friends, they was like, you haven't talked about that since 99. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you, you talk about stuff from 2001. And I was like, well, you know, here I go. And I always go a young and shit. Like, <laughs> well, it's a wound that needs to heal. Uh-oh. And I'm so glad Uh-oh. it came to Uh-oh. the surface because Uh-oh. I needed to heal from it a little bit more. Well, no, sis, if he tricking you from 20 years ago, you need to go. You need to to go. That is your spirit reminding you that he ain't it, boo. That's right. That's right. But he was so fine, though. Girl, ain't no level of fine (laughs) or digmatization. He was so fine. Yeah, girl. I I went to the same. I wouldn't say. Yeah, it was pretty much the same. My last relationship was with an ex. Mm. child and I'm thinking about who he was we together and I'm like yes and he gonna treat me right and blah 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 and he come back and it's just like where this nigga come from and I'm like uh uh-uh. uh he got me to a point where I was just like I'm just gonna just drop him yeah we had an argument and he tried to bring my daughters into it and that's my mm. that protection came out what you won't do <laughs> is talk about my three yeah and you know he said something and i said you know what i'm so over this i hung up the phone and immediately blocked him mm-hmm. immediately blocked him and the thing about it is one of my daughters my middle daughter came in and was just like did you finally block that food because <laughs> <laughs> we didn't like him no way because when he came over here he asked for my sister's shrimp she ain't want to give him nothing i said little baby i let him go out of the I mouth mean, of babes <laughs> like really like she did not care and that's the other part of me that I don't appreciate that I guess you say it but yeah I've been through it and he yeah he, he did give me some good stuff he did <laughs> <laughs> but I had to really come past the physical point of it and say emotionally how am I feeling mm-hmm. you know okay for that moment it's good mm-hmm. for that moment but after that moment like I really can't stand you mm-hmm. and you're irritating to me and yeah. you won't stop triggering me. Like, no, no. Yeah. I had to really just knuckle up and put my big girl panties back on mm-hmm. and say, I'm worth more than this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And that's right. what it comes down to. You know how yeah. to know your worth. And add tax. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And tax, honey. And a delivery fee. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. So um, when I was researching, it was saying that some impacts um, of sexual trauma when it comes to sexual intimacy is that you could end up being unwilling to explore new things 
in, with a um, sexually intimate partner. You could develop unhealthy sexual habits at a young age. You could relive the traumatic experience if the significant other is forceful. And then it can be startling. Like you, if someone touched you, it, it can be surprising to you. So um, I know I have a friend who I'll keep, you know, anonymous and she talks about certain things that she's not able to do sexually based on her trauma you know so things that women would like we wanted like oh the guy is you know he got to do x y and z and she's like oh no that because that takes me to a place where I can't even enjoy because that's how her violator Mm -hmm. abused her Mm -hmm. so do you experience like any of those types of feelings or or things I wouldn't say that I, I, I don't experience them now but I did experience them at one point um mm-hmm. and my sexual assault was not just when I was younger but it was when I was older it was when I was married you know we talk mm-hmm. about you know your you and your husband supposed to have sex and yeah but it was times that I didn't want to and mm-hmm. he forced himself oh wow so you know I had to deal with that and you know forcing my head down there you know it's just nah baby mm-hmm. um I, I did experience a real big trigger in, you know, being with my com- my companion orally mm-hmm. um, because it would feel like you're forcing me to. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a really big issue. And, you know, most men, that was the first thing they want. Oh, girl. <laughs> <laughs> first thing. First thing they want. So, you know, me being a female that didn't want to do that, it was just like, you don't do that. And what you right. do right you know so and you know i had that stipulation he got to be able to get down there and blah but i ain't doing it so you know i really had to come to myself and say but well, where is that from yeah. you know um and i had to really fight it for a while mm-hmm. so you know that was a really big i ain't gonna tell you what girl do now but <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i think um for me it made me like very aggressive um, and assertive in that way. Just like even now, like dominant, like mm. you're going to do what I want you to do. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? So of course, you know, some guys are like, oh yeah, I'm with that. But I had to like really unpack, like, why is that? And I'm very just like, Mm-mm. do it like this, this, this. Nope. Don't like that. Don't do it. Like, right, right. Stop. Go like that. <laughs> so it, I, I don't know. I guess adversely, it taught me to be very sexually forward. Like these are the guidelines and these are the rules and what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. But I had to kind of, not kind of, I had to release myself as to what it was coming from so that I could be uh, more open to it. But it was yeah. just a way of me like reclaiming my body because even outside of my childhood abuse, I remember once living, we lived in these um, apartments when I was growing up here in Atlanta. And I remember once going to my friend house and you know, the apartment have the stairwells Mm -hmm. and it was a man in the stairwell. And I remember him like pulling his penis out in front of me. And I don't know if it was big or not, but as a kid, I was probably like six or something. It seemed like so huge to me. And I'm like, what is this? You know, Um, and I remember him sitting on my lap and well, I'm sitting on his lap and he was wanting me to like 
touch him and stuff. I can't remember if I did or not, but I remember that situation, you know, and I left out the building. Um, and then even from there, um, in high school, you know, we had a known thought. I ain't going to say that used to mess with all of the young girls, including myself. And just used to pick over us when he was that. Mm, mm-hmm. I ain't, you know, we can talk about it offline, but you probably know who I'm talking about. I do, I do. You know what I mean? Like, so that showed up again. I, and I'm like, how did I end up being one of the girls on the list? Because I didn't mess with anybody else in high school. That's it was right. this older guy that was the only person. You know I what I mean? Exactly who you talking about. Girl. With the teenagers and you grown yes. and you know how we were. Oh, that's my boo and then then then. Like no, so it showed up then and then after that, you know, I was in an abusive relationship. Then before I know it, I was on the pole shaking like a tail feather. You girl, know what I'm saying? Girl, girl. <laughs> Damn, get the belly with the girls can they show. Hey, that's where I was down in the valley. <laughs> it was just. This it was just showing up in so many ways, and I think then that's when I began to realize, like, oh, you know, if if this is going to happen to you, you got to control how it happens. When really, I should have been healing from the situation, you know. So I'm, I thought maybe if I'm the one that's allowing this, then it's better in a way. I don't know. It's twisted. But Twisted. I think that um, in certain times of our lives, our mindsets are different. And, mm-hmm. You know, you didn't really know what healing from that type of situation looked like. I mm-hmm. mean, you didn't know what healing from that type of scenario was. But because that goes back to again, you know, I don't want anybody in my business mean that you mm-hmm. can't heal, and it means that you can't help to heal because somebody in your life could have came to you and said, "Well, baby girl." Let me talk to you about some stuff because I see some things in you that mm-hmm. I've attributed in my life to being connected to this. Yeah. So, um, you know, when we don't have that village around us, yeah. you know, that's when we make those decisions and we go down that rabbit hole and then we look up like, wow, how did I get down here? Yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah I get it. I, I definitely have gone down the dirty road my damn <laughs> self. And, you know, I had to learn from it. You know, my big thing is learn from it. Yeah. That's what it's about. It it's definitely made me a a better person and yeah. um still some things to unpack, but nonetheless, <laughs> let's go ahead and put our PSA out there. Okay. So we okay. I have what I call hashtag operation stepdad. And this me I promise you every episode I'm like, What's up? Like hey. slide in my DMs <laughs> where okay, I know <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so uh, it's like me talking about my thing. So anybody that was like really intentional, I, like I tell all my business, you would know everything about me to approach me. But anyway, um, but I, I'm still looking to for love and dating and relationships. Yeah. And one of the things you talked about is like being guarded with this brick wall. So I'm doing a lot of heart work so I can get my heart together to receive love in that way. And um understanding that there is or was sexual trauma and I'm recognizing how those things show up so that I don't take it um, negatively in a relationship. But booze, if y'all listening, that's in our past. We ha- we are healing right. and have healed. So we, we still need y'all to slide in the DM. Yes, please. <laughs> so look, what type of guy you, uh, we're going to, after you tell us about the guy in case they listen, they listen. I'm telling you, girl, they be listening. Come on, baby. Come on. So tell, tell the folk 
<laughs> what you looking for in the in the boo? <laughs> I need a man with a grown man swag. You mm. hear me? Um, mm. and that's not you know just walking around around holding yourself nothing, but you know <laughs> I need a man that is about his business. Mm. You know you got to be about your coin. Because how you going to buy stuff for me if you ain't got no coin, baby? You ain't broke. <laughs> I mean, I ain't saying I'm a gold digger, but. <laughs> but, you know, you have to be about your business. And But 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 I would say most of all, you have to be a believer. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't, I, me personally, I can't end up with someone who does not have the same beliefs that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not um, a person who gives a care about your race. I've dated white boys, Asians, <laughs> the Jamaicans. <But> anyway, <laughs> um, I believe that he has to know Christ. He has to be about his business. He has to be, if he has any kids, he has to be about his kids business. Mm-hmm. And he has to be open to the fact that, you know, I come with kids and when you marry me, you marry my, me and my children. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has to have patience yeah. to deal with me. Not only am I, you know, emotionally, I would say I'm emotionally experienced, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't, not only that, but, you know, there are some triggers Mm -hmm. that I have and I I need you to be patient enough for me to say, okay, babe, you know, we'll talk about this, but you also got to give me that act right. I mean, you got (laughs) to. I like that. (laughs) You got to give me that act right. You got to be like, okay, honey, come in, let me. But, but that's, a, that's a definite. <laughs> oh. oh my god! I swear that's gonna be the hash. That may, that might even be the name of the. <laughs> that act right, honey. Give me that act right, okay? Get it together. Sometimes, because sometimes I get a little, I get a little out with it. You know, my sarcasm tends to precede me. I'm gonna need you to pull it back in. Hold on, and give you that act right, and you have to. I have to keep you accountable as well, and you have to be able to yeah. receive that accountability because it's coming from a loving place i'm not a a vengeful or hateful type person so you know if you can't receive i can't give Mm -hmm. yes love it hashtag operation stepdad dms is open y'all heard her she even do the colors of benetton she don't matter it don't matter slide through Yes, yes, yes. So that's good. I love your self-awareness around it, especially when you're thinking about dating and how that shows up and and knowing where you need to flex and where your non-negotiables are. So that's what it's all about um, when we're navigating this thing called life Life, in adulting, which is a scam, but whatever. I'm going to tell you that now. I'll be there. All right. So as we close things out things out i have a rapid round five questions oh. random questions let me get myself together now. Mm-hmm. stretch mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right mm-hmm. so we'll do the rapid round and there you go i have to get like music for this but until then i'm like rapid round dun, dun, dun. <laughs> all right so don't think about it whatever comes to mind the first things to come to mind that's what you say okay oh lord now okay <laughs> All right, so here we go. So who in your life do you feel you can be the most vulnerable with and why? My oldest daughter. Because she's seen me at my most vulnerable state. Mm -hmm. And she will tell me the truth regardless. Yeah. All right, so finish the sentence. When I'm hurt, I... Cuss you out. (laughs) 
Look if you buck boy. Hey. That is y'all know if y'all follow me, that's the soundtrack in my brain. Uh oh, see, I don't even supposed to be talking. I'm gonna come back to that one. Oh, okay. All right. Uh next question. What's a feeling you're uncomfortable sharing? Mm. Yeah, I'm very uncomfortable crying mm. in front of people. Okay. All right. This is a wild card. Mm. <laughs> Ask me something you think is off limits. Who did you lose your virginity to? Uh, my abuser. Oh! <gasps> mm hmm. Took my innocence. The devil. You mother you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 wow. yes. All right, last card. Sing your favorite song lyrics that you can think of off the top of your head. Goodness gracious. <laughs> um gosh, I can't even think of a song. <laughs> okay. Um I keep an old candy coated Valentine. Memories of you when you were mine. A tarnished dream, a tiniest chain. Time keeps changing. Come soon, rain. Long as I leave. <laughs> you will be my my yes! first love. Oh baby. Oh you and only you. Mm-mm. Oh yes. Oh. <laughs> ah, you know once I start it's not gonna start <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, okay, okay. Woo girl, can you believe we made it to the end? Oh. <laughs> It was fun though. It was fun. Good, good, good. I know y'all thinking like y'all had fun talking about sexual trauma. Yes, because yes. we ain't in that space no more. Yes. Okay. Yes, and minding your business mean if you are um have experienced this, right? Or if you have a child, male, female, it doesn't matter. If you or your child are experiences, mind your business by tapping into your village, tapping into your resources, yeah, getting yeah. the help, really standing up and saying, no, I will not be held by fear or shame and really getting the resources that you need to um, to get through this. So what I'll leave in the show notes And also on my social media, I'm going to come up with some resources for those of you that have gone through this or currently experiencing it so that you're able to reach out and get the help. Okay. Um, Some of you may say, well, I don't have friends and family. That's okay. We have new friends and new families out there. Someone is going to be there to help you through it. And that's what it's all about. So um, that's what this conversation was really about to bring awareness to let you know that. 
you are not alone in this and that there is life after. All right. There's life after in terms of how you parent. There's life after in terms of, you know, relationship and intimacy. Right. So you can do it and you're going to come out and you're going to be better and you're going to be stronger and wiser because of it. I told you. This season, we are learning to mind our business. <laughs> and this is all about minding your business. Mm-hmm. All right, good deal. All right, so uh, any final thoughts or words that you want to give to the friends? Friends, if y'all got cute uncles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it. Some pop pops, I mean, for real. Uh, <laughs> No bull. I believe believe in walking in your healing. I believe in, um, you know, getting up and just stepping out on faith and, you know, being the person that God has designed us to be. Mm -hmm. Um, I pray that everybody walks in their healing, walks in their light, continues to follow Christ. And if you don't know him in the pardon of your sins, I am always available. Um, And I'm pretty sure Sis over here is always available. Y'all know the preacher's kids don't leave. Now, I be cussing and uh, drinking brown liquor, though. But I, I be cussing, <laughs> drinking brown liquor, and smoking liquor, so don't even. <laughs> but I know how to call on them. Oh, yeah, I can call on them when I need them. <laughs> I can get through. Okay. Son, he I on the can get line. through. <laughs> it ain't uh, my line is open. Honey, <laughs> tell get tell Paul. Scoot over and put Jesus on the phone. I gotta talk to him real quick. Please. <laughs> He's texting him. Jesus. <laughs> like, bro, I need you to come down here. <laughs> That's how I be. I know people like, who she is she praying? Yes. Come down here, please, and get them. Please. And you promise me time. more than this. And you ain't showing up the way you need to. I'm oh, going to need you to show up. <laughs> up please, please, Lord. I need you right now. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth, baby. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my God. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for trusting me with your story and being so open to talk about these things and how it's impacting your life. And yes, um, I, I truly, truly appreciate it because this is a tough topic and um, one that we don't hear a lot about. So I, I appreciate your vulnerability in that way. Definitely. Definitely. So I think it's a, to- a topic that's so hard to talk about is what makes it such a hidden topic mm-hmm. because, um, you know, no one wants to be judged, um, you know, and there's still a lot of people out here who are judging people that have been through sexual issues, which mm-hmm. I don't believe, what, I don't believe makes sense to me. This is 2020, yeah. but, um, you know, there's still a lot of connotation over it. They, you know, they believe that you're damaged after they don't, you know, even look at you as a sexual being after, and sometimes you don't look at yourself in that way. Um, but like I said earlier, you know, we have to walk in our healing. And that means take it on full force. I am healed and I'm walking in it. There you go. I love it. All right. So for those of you out there listening, hey, friend. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time. Thanks for joining us this week on Moms and Martinis. Make sure to follow the show on Twitter at Moms and Martinis and Instagram at Moms and Martinis Pod. If you would like to be a guest on the show or have a show idea, please send an email to Moms and Martinis Podcast at gmail.com. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Until next time. Continue 
to mind your business.